Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Make our confession of faith together, and uh, it's there on the screen. Everybody say it with me. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. A scripture I want us to look at. We're in week two. Week two of the, this thing we're doing to end Wednesday Night Lives for the remainder of the year. Uh, the sons of the prophets saying, identifying. Talk to me like an army. Say, identifying. Unlocking and activating my spiritual gifts. Somebody say, I'm gifted. Luke 17, 21, we looked at this last week. Neither will they say hear or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, the kingdom is in me. Not a bunch of junk, not a bunch of drama. The kingdom is in me. And it's waiting. It's begging to be unlocked. Tonight, I will be unbound. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, customize, tell to make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you've ordained. And we thank you that it is so now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I said this to you last Wednesday. Sir Isaac Newton, one of the most influential scientists ever, he introduced the law of motion. Say law of motion. It states that an object at rest remains at rest unless it's acted upon by an external force, which suggests that nothing evolves or nothing changes absent an external force. And things remain unchanged, things remain unlocked, things remain bound until something external is introduced. This would include you and I. Last week we learned that you need to be unlocked. Say, I need to be unlocked. And God uses the man of God you're assigned to to do that. Let's do a quick review and then let's move into something new. Luke 11 and 2. This is Jesus speaking. So he said to them, when you pray, say it this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at me. The reason Jesus prayed this is because God's will is not often done in the earth. In fact, God's will is very rarely done in the earth, which is why God is searching the earth for some people he can show himself strong through. He is looking for somebody that will drop their agenda to pick up his agenda that will drop their will to pick up his will. The problem is when he searches the earth he often finds people that are so narcissistic and sociopathically obsessed with themselves that they don't have the ability to do anything beyond themselves because they don't realize that the greatness that needs to be released is already in them but because they're so focused on doing their thing and doing it their way his will never gets done. But you're sitting next to somebody that will not fall into the statistics of the rest of humanity. You're sitting next to a world changer. You're sitting next Next to a curse breaker. Touch your neighbor and say, you don't have a clue who I am. So we learned last week that that word kingdom in the Greek is the word basilia. Greek is the language of our New Testament. It means realm, royalty, rule, and reign. Now he says, your realm, royalty, rule, and reign come uh, on earth 
Earth is that Greek word G, G-E. It means soil, land, country, world, life. He says, so your realm, royalty, rule, and reign be done, watch this, uh, in my soil, my land, my country, my world, and my life. Meaning that it's not currently being done, but it needs to be done. So I need to pray for it to be done. Now, it says, uh, and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is this Greek word we learned last week. I'm going fast because I already taught it. Get the CD. It's orain which means your elevation or your perspective. Heaven looks at things differently because heaven is higher. You look at a giant and say, that's big. Heaven says, that's a midget. No offense to nobody. You look at your problem and say, this is a big deal. Heaven says, before the problem had a name, we solved it. You look at sickness and say, this is a big problem. Heaven says, that's why I paid the price on the cost for that. You look at your money problems and say, how in the world is this going to get done? Heaven says, but since you're a faithful giver, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Heaven has a different elevation or perspective. Now, it means uh, that word heaven, elevation or perspective, happiness, power, your eternity or the abode of God. God dwells in what is, can I teach you for a moment? There are three now realms of heaven. The first is where we are. The second is the, uh, the chasm that is between us and the third heaven, which is where God dwells. This is why you hear the apostle Paul say, I once knew a man who was caught up in the third heaven. He's referring to himself in the third person. The third heaven is where God dwells. That is where his throne is. The third heaven is where judgment is made that has to travel through the second heaven where the angels and the principalities where they dwell and make its way down here where we have dominion. Did you get it? Okay. So it starts in realm three, has to travel through realm two to get to realm one. Let me see if you can understand it from the text. If the scripture, there's a man named Daniel. Daniel prays and 21 days later, the angel shows up and says, I was on my way to you. And the moment you prayed for it, God granted it. Where did he grant it? The third heaven. He said, but on my way to get it to you, some stuff went down and I was blocked by the prince of Persia. That means the angel that was the principality over the region that Daniel dwelt in. Where did he dwell in the second heaven? So he said, it took me some time to get down to you, Daniel, on the first heaven because I had to deal with some hell in between the second heaven, which is, what? Which watch this. Some of y'all saying, God, you ain't going to do it. God says, baby, the moment you prayed for it, I released it from the third heaven. What you're dealing with is something going on in the second heaven. But prayer has the ability to make what's going on in the second heaven come down to the first heaven. Somebody holler, Lord, do it. So watch this now, watch this. He says, he says, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on my soil, my land, my country, my world, my life, and your will be done in my soil, my land, my country, my world, my life, as it is in your perspective, your happiness, your power, your eternity, your abode. He said, God, let my world be like your world. Is there sickness in his world? No. Is there dishonor in his world? No. Is there lack in his world? No. You know how I know it ain't lack? Because the book says that they walk on gold. Which means something you see is high, heaven looks at as something low. You look at a piece of gold and say, that shoal is nice. Heaven says, man, we walk on that stuff all day. What you talking about? In other words, God says, there's a whole nother realm you can access that can be operating in your life. That's a... Tell your neighbor, say, there's a whole nother realm. A whole nother realm. Now, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this, Matthew, Matthew 16, 18. So he, he, Jesus says, this is how you pray. Now, let's look at Matthew 16, 18. I'm reviewing where we were. We're going to move to something new. But I want to make sure you're with me. Say, I'm with you, Bishop. Y'all ain't talking like an army. Say, I'm with you, Bishop. Right, I, I didn't come to raise no punk church. I came to raise a church full of folk that will rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. What you mean, punk church, Bishop? Where Christians are just sitting back satisfied with life as it is, satisfied with lack, satisfied with drama. Say, I'm not satisfied with that. And I think there's some people in here tonight that say, I refuse to settle and be satisfied with what the world says I has to be satisfied. Matthew 16, 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. That's the only thing Jesus is building. If you're building something other than that, you're in a business he won't bless. I'm going to say it again. If you're building something different than that, you're in a business he won't bless. He says, oh, this is why many people are like, I just know why my life sucks. I'm going to tell you why. Because you ain't building what he's building. I don't know why my relationships are bad. You ain't building what he's building. Everything else is more important than what he's building. Check it out. The Bible says that not only is he building the church, the Bible refers to the church as his bride. Check it out. Who you think is more important, your girl or his girl? 
Y'all ain't talk. Y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, and, and it's really about to push me the wrong way. It's really, it's really. Matthew 16, 18. I say to you that you are Peter. Peter now is the evolved state of Simon Peter. Simon means snub-nosed, arrogant, prideful. But now he's gone through some trials. He's gone through some tests. And so Jesus looks at him and he says, let me tell you who you are. He says, you are Peter. He says, you are a rock. That's what Peter means, Petros in Greek. You are a rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now, Peter is not only a rock, but literally Jesus is standing on a rock on a mountain. It's Mount Hermon. We see it from Psalm 133. And he points down and he says, on this rock, that rock meant unity. Say unity. He says, on this rock, this place of unity, I'm going to build my church. But not only is he saying on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He's looking at Peter and saying, Peter, you are an apostle and you are a sent one. And watch this. You are the rock out of the rest of them, uh, which means you're going to have the strength to do what the others can't do. You're going to have the ability to be vociferous. That means to say things loudly. You're going to be able to do it in a way that the others won't be able to. Uh, see, 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 the other ones are great, but, but that they ain't going to be able to say it like you say it. T- touch your neighbor say, can't nobody do what I do like I do it. Wrong neighbor, try the other one. They may have been a hater. Say, can't nobody do what I do like I do it. See, watch this. This is why you should never be a hater of other people. Why? Because can't nobody do me like I do me, how I do me, when I do me. And you do you, I'm going to do me. Let's let me push you, you push me. Ain't no need in us hating no one another because haters get benched. Touch your neighbor, say, don't hate. Say, celebrate. I never understood this, but then if you understand how slaves were raised to think, you'll understand it because slaves were raised to think and to believe that they had to tear down one another in order to do a jerk and a jive for massa. Well, I'm here to tell you the plantation's clear. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you the plantation is clear. And God says, I'm waiting for a church full of folk. I'm waiting for a movement full of folk that will rise up and that will rule and reign and conquer and subdue. Yeah. Watch. He says, he says, and the gates of Hades, hell, shall not prevail against it. Literally, the gates of Hades was an actual physical object Jesus pointed to. And he says, and it was known for demonic activity, et cetera, et cetera, lots of things. And he points and he says, the worst hell has to offer will not compare to the least the church can do. He says, the biggest blow they got doesn't compare to the smallest word we speak. Which is why the book says things like, I can call things that be not. As though they were. Why? Because the biggest hell God doesn't compare to the smallest the church has. Look, look, look. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So he tells Peter, Peter's a what? Apostle. We learned this last week. He says, to him, I'll give you the keys. He didn't say to them. He said to you, which means whatever you are, Peter, is what has access to these keys. The issue some church folk have is they're trying to use keys they don't have. It's you walking up to somebody else's house and trying to put the key in the door and thinking just because it's silver, it's going to work. Touch your neighbor and say, you ain't got these keys. And I will give you, Peter, uh, gifted as the apostle. We learned this last week, apostello in the Greek, which means the sent ones, sent for a specific purpose. They were sent to regions or they were sent to specific groups of people. The apostle Paul was sent to reach the Gentiles. That's why he changed his name from Saul to Paul, Shaul in Hebrew to Paul. Why? Because he knew that Hebrews, or excuse me, Gentiles would not hear him if they heard a Hebrew name. He knew they wouldn't receive him. It is it's the same reason why. Uh, We do certain things we do as a church, and we do them differently on purpose. Why? Because I realize I'm in an unchurched and a de-churched region. So I can't come up in here all traditional and all the way everybody else them done church and talk about, come on, y'all, come on and meet Jesus. I'm in a city where they smoke weed for fun. Y'all not saying nothing. I cannot do church as usual. Y'all really about to press me the wrong way. I cannot do church as usual because I'm not in a usual situation. I cannot do what everybody else has done because I'm not in the same I ain't in Atlanta. I ain't in Dallas. I ain't in Houston. I'm in Denver. So I got to use what I got to get what I want and what he wants his lives to be changed. So you may not like my skinny jeans, but watch me wear them. You may not like the V, but watch me wear it. Why? 
ain't studying folk that are. Somebody say we're sent with an assignment. So. So. Paul said, I got to do what I got to do to reach these people. Because they're not going to be reached with me wearing a, a kupa. That's what the Hebrews would wear. They're not going to be reaching me wearing a prayer shawl. Talking about, come all ye. That ain't going to work. So Paul says, let me change my name. Let me become all things to all men to get some of them. Peter, however, is called to reach Jews, Hebrews. Tantamount to today, church folk. So Peter's approach is different. Peter's a bit more traditional. He's a bit more staunch. He's a bit more, you know, you know, just, you know, some of what y'all came from. You understand? <laughs> Nothing against it. Just, just different assignments. Everybody don't like Mexican food. Everybody don't like Chinese food. Everybody don't like soul food. Now, I don't know why you wouldn't like soul food. You should read your Bible. It's soul food. <laughs> food for your soul. Why wouldn't you want your soul? That's why some folks' soul is bad, because they don't eat. Rather than greens, they're having a salad <laughs> with a light vinaigrette. Anybody get you some greens and cornbread, macaroni and cheese. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. It's after six, but if, if I was a cheating man, I should. <laughs> uh, amen. Somebody like, what is he talking about? I don't eat after six. Here it is. Let's go back to the Bible. He says to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven, we learned last week, is interchangeable with the kingdom of God. Go back to Luke 17, 21. Let's put this together, church, and then let me get you unbound. Last week, we started the unlocking process. Tonight, I want to start the unbinding process. Nor will they see, say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God, which we learn the abode of God, is what? Heaven. So what's interchangeable with the phrase kingdom of God? Kingdom of heaven. Where is it at? In you. Say it's in me. So here's Matthew 16, 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What is he saying he gave the apostles keys to? You. Which is the reason why everybody who try to get to God outside of his church and everybody who tries to do it outside of his way, they fall short and come short. Why? Because ain't no keys out there. He created the church because the church is the place where when you find the man of God you're assigned to, you then submit yourself to that man of God so that you can begin to be unlocked. Why? There's a kingdom on the inside of you. Slap your neighbor, high five, say the kingdom's in me. That's why you can't church hop and church shout and pop around because this is the place you've been set. This is the place where your keys are. Slap somebody a high five say, my key's in this house. How do you think you got here in the first place? This is Denver. How in the world do you think you got that Instagram or got that on Google or somebody invited you? It's because God says you ain't finna go in circles no more. I'm finna send you to a man that's got your... You ain't just going to talk to talk. You're about to walk to walk. Let me send you to a man that's got your tip. Somebody say, turn the key, Bishop. Let's do the work then. Let's do the work. God's kingdom is in you, and it's in you now. Here's the problem with 99% of the body of Christ at large, is they think one day this is what's going to happen. Jesus is going to show up, and Jesus is going to be like, I can't believe all this is going on. And then there's going to be some fight in some valley called Megiddo. And one day Jesus is going to overturn everything the devil done. See, that means they can't read. Because the book says he's already done that. So anything going on on the earth that needs to be fixed, look, look at your neighbor. That's who's going to do it. 
The issue with poverty, you want to know who's going to fix it? Who's sitting next to you? The issue with sickness, you want to know who's going to fix it? Who's sitting next to you? The issue with single mamas, you want to know who's going to fix it? You're going to fix it. The issue with men that don't have daddies and this and that and that and the other, you know who's going to fix it? The person sitting next to you. You. We, we are the kingdom. It is in us. It is not there. It is not there. It is in here, which is why there are certain things. Watch this. Can I just talk to you Wednesday night? Please don't be offended. If you get offended, you ain't my fish. Uh, which is why there are certain things that piss you off and aggravate the heck out of you. And you're like, ooh, I wish somebody would do something. You want to know why ain't nobody done nothing? You're supposed to. And until you realize that there's something in you that has been sent to change something in the earth, it's going to continue to go that way. But I just believe that there are some people in this place tonight and some people watching us on a digital campus that say, I just learned why I've been mad. I just learned why I've been upset. I just learned why I've been frustrated. I'm supposed to change it. Somebody need to do something. You need to do something. Get up off your blessed assurance and start serving and start changing somebody's life. If I was God, I'd be angry every week. Lord, do this. Lord, do this. I look back and I can't tell you what I'd say. But I'd say something, please. You do it. No, son, please. Daughter, please. You fix it. You deal with it. You handle it. Well, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. God's kingdom, his real rule, reign, royalty realm, it's here now and it's in you. But the book says it has to be unlocked by the man of God you're assigned to. That's why especially in Denver, see, I just need to talk real. No African-American man has really been able to crack open this region until now because I decided last Wednesday I got some more work to do here I got other cities waiting on me but I decided last Wednesday I ain't quite through here yet why, why is this important to know because this explains why we have such a lethargic very passive Christianity in this region why because we got a bunch of locked up folk who go to church, who shout, who dance, and steal a lot. Who praise, who shout, and still bow. And God says, I sent one of my sent ones. And in 11 years, everything that tried to run him up out of there, tried to run him up out of there. But in 2018, I'm about to show you why I sent him. And this ain't just about me. This is about we. Because when I go up, we. Watch. But watch this. Watch this. It's unlocked. Say, I have to be unlocked by the man of God you're assigned to. That's why faithful church is so important because this is the place you're unlocked so you can evolve. Now, we looked at this particular scripture on Sunday. I want to just navigate you through the text so you can see this. Because I got to begin to pull shackles off of your mind. The way you've been shaped has you bound. Psalm 51.5, King James Version. We looked at this on Sunday in our other series, Netflix and Live. Now look at this. Psalm 51.5. Here's what it says in King James Version. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. Look at me, he says. I was shaped in iniquity. Iniquity is generational sin. It's passed down. Somebody got it from somebody that got it from somebody that got it from somebody they never met. And one day you wake up and say, I don't know why I like this. I don't know why I'm attracted to that. I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I say this to her. I don't know why I say this to him. I don't know why I act like this. You just wake up one day and your shape begins to speak. He says, behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Check it out. The way you've been shaped often has you bound. Because in a shaping process, what you're doing is constricting. Think, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. Uh, uh, this water has the ability to flow, but it was bound up in this bottle. And when it's bound up in this bottle, watch this, the water takes the shape of the bottle it's bound up in. So you got a kingdom in you that's been bound. 
that's been bound by what your daddy did, been bound by what your mama did, been bound by what they didn't do, bound by that alcohol, bound by them drugs. Y'all not talking to me. Bound by your low self-esteem, bound by your uh, bad self-image. It's been bound. But tonight, I, I just came for a few folk tonight because everybody can't handle being unlocked. Everybody can't handle being unbound. But I think there's some folk in here tonight that say, I'm one of them. Shout, I'm one of them. Watch this. The way you've been shaped has you bound. And that's why God creates something called the man of God or a spiritual father or in Elijah's case, the prophet and Jesus case, the Messiah, who is a son that is the father sent to show what sonship looks like. Said it so fast, you missed it. Rewind. That's why God created something called the man of God or a spiritual father or in Elijah's case, the prophet in Jesus case, the Messiah, Jesus being a son that is the father sent to show what sonship looks like. When Jesus is saying, Father, who is he talking to? He is the Father. What, what, what do you mean, Bishop? I thought there were three different people. Oh, no, that's paganism. <laughs> Believing three different gods makes you a pagan. That's why I, I want to preach. That's why Deuteronomy 6 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is one God that has manifested himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are one person that might be somebody's son, that's one. Might be somebody's employee, that's two. Might be somebody's daddy, that's three. But it's still one you, not three you's. So when Jesus is speaking to the Father, he's speaking to himself because he cannot now deny himself. Watch the text. So when you look at it, when he's speaking to the Father, he's only doing it because the scripture says that he would teach with parables. A parable is a story that is used to teach a principle. So when Jesus is speaking to the Father, he is not speaking to another party. When Jesus is speaking to the Father, he's talking to himself, but he's doing it in front of the people. So the people say, this is how you're supposed to act with show daddy. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. He, he says, let me make myself my son so that you'll see what it is to act like a son. Which means when you want to go off and do your own thing, son say, nevertheless, not my will, but the will of my father. When you want to act crazy, a son will say, wait a minute, let me go check this with my father. I am not subject to myself. I am subject to my father. But it is very difficult now for people to understand this concept of sonship because 70% of American homes lack a father. So if you've never seen it, when you see it, you won't even know what you're seeing. What is red if you've never seen red? Unless somebody tells you that's red. As far as you're concerned, that's, that's bright black. You missed it because nobody's ever told you. So how am I to know what it is to submit if I've never seen submission? Because my daddy was weak and my mama was overbearing. What, 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 what? I'm, I'm in somebody's Kool-Aid. I'm in somebody's Kool-Aid there. What is order if I've never seen order? Because all of the women in my bloodline learn how to act crazy. And they never learn how to sit down somewhere. And they never learn how to have several seats. What, what is a strong man when all I've seen is weak punk? Oh, God, I almost said it. Jesus, help me. Weak punk men that don't handle business. And every time it's time to rise up, you think I'm, I'm babysitting my kids. Man, what the hell are you talking about? You don't babysit your kids. That's your child. Ah, so what is a father? If I have never seen one. What is order? If I never seen it. What is the Bible in action if all I have is America's cheap version of Christianity? That comes to church, claps and shouts, and goes out bound. But you. I don't know who I'm talking to. But you ain't like the rest of them kind of folk. I need you to get your neighbor one more time. Shake your arm like you're going to shake it off. Say, I ain't one of them. Tell him, say, I ain't about that life. So, so, so watch this. Watch this. Four levels of maturity of people that come to church. First, multitude. They come for what they can get. Second, sheep. Sheep follow the voice and vision of their pastor. 
servants, they serve the vision of their pastor. Son, they're submitted to their pastor. That's simple. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Let me help you. Because I already know where some of y'all's mind went. I got my own thing with God. Now, how's that working out? Let's just walk it out. Touch your neighbor and say, let's walk it out. Say, south side, walk it out. North side, walk it out. East side, walk it out. West side, walk it out. West side, walk it out. Y'all going, okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. I got to preach. I got to preach. I'm very free um, because I've been evolving these last few weeks. I am a totally different version of myself than I was on Sunday. I'm just, I'm evolving really fast. Numbers 27, 16. Let the Lord God of spirits of all flesh set a man over the congregation. Read the text. One, two, ready, read. Now, I I could stop right there. Now, look at verse 7. Who can go out before them and go in before them? Look at me. Look at me. Don't you get caught up in this social media hype where people talk about men of God and they they run their mouth and put their mouth for a men of God? You don't know what he did, who he did it with. Listen, you just need to mind your own business because it might be you they scandalizing after a while. Don't you worry about none of that because the book says that your man of God has to, uh, what, go out before you and go in before you, which means when God does something for me, you don't need to sit back with your arms crossed. You need to say, if he did it for my bishop, he's about to do it for me. Yeah. That the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep, which have no shepherd. Okay? Now, watch this. Watch this. You still here? First Corinthians 4.15. Walk it out. This, is, this kind of stuff makes God happy. First Corinthians 4.15. And whoever's going to get it is going to get it. I just decided whoever's going to get it is going to get it. Whoever ain't going to get it ain't going to get it. But I can tell you one thing. Before this body goes back in that ground, I will have built a movement. We will have built a movement that will span out of this valley called Denver, across these United States of America, and around the world, because I know for what reason I was sent. I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. 1 Corinthians 4.15. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Instructors means head slaves. That's what the word means in Greek. Patagegos in Greek. Yet you do not have many fathers. Fathers means life giver. Look at me. A teacher gives you tasks. A father teaches you identity. When you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know tasks, you know how to act. Say again. Say again. When you know tasks, you know how to act. When you have a father, you know who you are. Did you get that? See, 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 a teacher teaches tasks. A father teaches identity. Which means, watch this, even if I do the wrong task, I still know who I am. Which is why some of y'all, while you've been here, you didn't have some big old falls. But because you know who you are, you were able to say, wait a minute. I may be getting knocked back. I may be getting knocked down. But I don't just know tasks. I got an identity. I know who I am. And since I know who I am, watch me get back up. Somebody holler, watch me do it. You do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I'm coming. I have begotten you through the gospel. Paul says, I gave birth to you. I labored to make you who you are. That's what Paul said. Look at verse 16. Therefore, here's the part where church folk often break off the text. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Isn't that what it says? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Paul says, 
Paul says, let me tell you why I'm here. Paul says, I'm going to be the version of man God wants you to be. So Paul says, watch me, and then you will know what to do. Because more is caught than is taught. So if I see you bounce back from a setback, you didn't have to preach a message called bounce back. I say, that's how you do it? You get up and you keep on preaching? You get up and you keep on pushing? If they lie on you and betray you, you, you keep going? That's how you do it. Watch. He says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I've sent Timothy to you. Timothy's name in Greek means honor. Who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the entire church of Corinth, and they were acting crazy. They were acting crazy. I mean, they coming together and just doing crazy stuff. I mean, just, just egregious. Just, I mean, wasn't nobody in order. Wasn't nobody on time. Singers didn't know their notes, didn't, didn't know their music. I ain't picking on you. I'm just telling you what they're doing. You understand? Great job today. Carol Bell is my favorite song, by one of my favorite songs. Christian amen. Amen. Didn't they do good? Give a big hand. Now, now, I mean, the sound was all messed up. The ushers wasn't ushering. Greeters wasn't greeting. Deacons wasn't deaconing. Wasn't nobody doing nothing they were supposed to do. Bookstore was closed. Didn't have no books. <laughs> Coffee was cold. Everything just out of order. And Paul says, when I come, if you read the rest of the text, I don't have time. Paul says, when I come, I can come. Matter of fact, let me just, so you can read it. Go to the next verse, verse 18. Look what he says. Paul says this. Now, some of y'all arrogant like I ain't finna come. Some of y'all think I'm going to stay in the back and not walk out. Look at the next verse. He says, but I'm coming shortly, if the Lord wills. And I'm going to know not the word of those who are puffed up or arrogant, but the power. Look at me. But Paul says, I'm going to know who's real because they can show it. See, watch what Paul says. Paul says, I'll know who the sons are because even when they fall, they'll show it. The sons will say, that was me. I was out of order. I was wrong. Those that are not will disappear. But those that are say, well, listen, I ain't got nowhere else to go. You, you still here? All right. Well, one more text. Then I'm going to get to our man, Elijah. God is your eternal father, and earth he gives you a spiritual father, which means life giver. And if you pick a name in the Bible, the process is the same. God gives you a man of God to unbind you. Because the way you're shaped binds you. Remember that, right? So I'm showing you his system of this. See, the me that I am is a me that was deposited into in a man that, that demonstrated through his leadership as a man of God exactly how this is supposed to be done. So, you know, my whole thing of taking over, I got that for my bishop, my, my whole aggressive thing. I was always that way, but when he did it, I said, I'm not crazy. I said, oh my God. And then when I heard him say hell in church, I said, oh my God, I'm not crazy. It wasn't you and get gratuitously. So then I was able to see, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Got it. So it would unbind me from the binding the region I was in put on me. Because see, in this here region, if you're strong, they say you're controlling. If you got good culture, they call you a cult. If you change lives, they say you're doing too much. You're, you're too aggressive. And don't be an African-American man doing it in a, in, a, in, a, in a city that's only 4% African-American. You're doing too much. They'll do you like Malcolm X. That's too much power for one man to have. The way them people if they're talking about, yes, sir, and stand up doing it. That's too much. Well... I ain't stopping. So my suggestion to you is that when you see this here bus coming through, you better go and move up. I dare some of y'all to say, don't you dare stop. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Tell your neighbor, say, don't you dare stop. You better just be a bus and every obstacle gets in your way. You better move, partner, because if you stay in my way, I'm going to run. Malachi 4.5, I got to finish. Malachi 4.5, here's what the text says. Malachi means messenger in Hebrew. Behold, I will send you who? Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Verse 6, 
And he, somebody say he, will turn the hearts, arch his mind in scripture, of the fathers to the children, of the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and I'm going to curse the whole earth. Curse means empower it to fail. Strike it means do it fast. Somebody say Elijah. Elijah. Why would God pick Elijah? Elijah has no natural children. He's not married either. Why would God pick him to turn the hearts of fathers to children, and children to fathers? Somebody say, why? why? And let's find out. Elijah, somebody say Elijah. Elijah, as we learned last week, he was very different than his counterparts. The other prophets and men of God of the day, they created what they create, the schools of the prophets. Schools have teachers. Teachers teach tasks. If you get in a situation where you're unfamiliar with what task to perform, you don't know what to do. Okay? This is why some people are like, I, I, just, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. It's because you don't know who you are, but you don't know who you are because you won't sit down and submit long enough to be invested and imparted into. Because a son will say, I ain't been in this situation before, but I have been in other situations before. And so all I got to do is just go back to who I am. You still here. Watch. Oh, so, so Elijah creates the sons of the prophets. Everybody else has schools. Elijah says, hey, guys, the way we're doing this isn't working. He says, because these guys, <laughs> when the moment they hit a little trouble, they just abandon the faith. The moment, the moment things go crazy, they go crazy. He says, so maybe we need to stop teaching tasks, and maybe we need to start giving identity. Because if we teach them who they are, they'll know what to do. I've never been called to a farm to perform an exorcism on a cow. I haven't. Is one of these a cow? Just pretend. Go with me. Let me have that one. No, that's that one. That's a dog. That'll work. I've never. Now, for all the animals, don't see it. Some of you will be, aw. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Okay, so let's change the setup. Rewind. I've never been called to somebody's house. I've never been called to somebody's house to uh, perform an exorcism on a dog because it was acting like a cat. No one's ever sent in a prayer request, dear bishop, please pray for Fido. <laughs> He's acting like, give me a cat name, Missy. <laughs> He's acting like Garfield. Hmm. <laughs> no one's ever brought their dog in the prayer line. I said, Bishop, will you lay hands? And command. In the name of Jesus, I command you, foul spirit of the cat, to come up. Hey, come up! I say. And then let me do the real deep. Come here, like the sanctified church. If they didn't think he was getting it, they just started rocking. And then if you wasn't getting it, they was like, lift up your head. They got you in the belly. Lift it. Thank you. I've never been called to do that. You know why? Because dogs know dogs bark. Put him in a house. Roof. Watch where I'm going with it. Put him at the zoo. Roof. Put him on the highway. Roof, roof. Put him in the room. Roof. Leave him at the house while you go on vacation. Roof, 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 roof. No matter where you put it, because it knows what it is, it knows what it's supposed to do. So it never. Fido never talks about meow. Meow. Anyone have cats in here? Cats? Mm. All right. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> I'll leave it alone. All right. You, you catching it? So all of Elijah's counterparts, Isaiah and them, they had schools. You know, they had schools. 
all them had schools. And, and so, but, 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 but Elijah said, no, let's make some sons. Let me recreate me in them. Now, they're going to have their own flavor of me because they can't be me. So I'm not trying to make a carbon copy duplication of me, but I am reproducing the DNA, the thought process, the, 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 the ability to get things done. I'm, I'm putting that in him. Got it? So here it is. I got to close it. So, so, so watch what the Bible says. He says, he says, I'm sending Elijah. Now, Elijah doesn't die. Elijah is taken up into heaven alive. And the scripture says that heaven holds him until he's to be sent back into the earth. Watch this. Because out of all the other prophets, he's the only one that got it right. All the rest of the prophets weren't needed because they were just good teachers. Elijah was needed because he was a father. So he says, I don't need somebody to just teach tasks. You have 10,000 instructors. I don't need another teacher. What I need is somebody to show you how to be a man, how to be a woman of God, how to be a man of God, how to not just be gifted, but how to be good, how to not just be talented, but how to triumph. So, so Elijah is the first of these, and Elijah has the sons of the prophets. You know what Elijah does? Elijah says, here's how we're going to do this. What we're going to do is you're going to be with me, and I'm going to teach you stuff, but I'm going to show you more. Because, because, because the problem is, all these meetings to teach you, I just need you to get up and do something. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Touching him and say, Bishop's coming for the row. I'm coming for somebody watching me on Facebook Live. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. He, he, he says, he says, you're going to just go with me on this journey called changing the world. And you're just going to learn me. You're just going to follow me. So when Jesus says this to his disciples, this wasn't new to them. Oh, because you do know. Elijah comes back as John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the reincarnation of the man Elijah. So who's he related to? Jesus. Who did he prepare the way for? Jesus. So then what is Jesus demonstrating? A spiritual father to a spiritual son. Who is the father? He is. Who is the son? He is. You got it? But who prepared the way? Elijah. Why? He got it. God says, for all the teaching the rest of them did, they never made men. They never made women. They never transformed the identity of people. They taught them stuff. They taught them church. They taught them how to do this. They taught them tasks. They never gave them identity. So here it is. I got to wrap it up. So Elijah says, I got a process I'm going to use. So the man of God we learned last week does what? Unlock you. Because I know you're like, listen, we're going to get to the gifts. Well, we can't even get to the gifts if you're locked up and bound up. You, you'll be a gifted fool. That's why we got a lot of folks today. They're gifted and unproductive. Why? They don't have identity. Some of your neighbors, somebody sitting right next to you right now should be a multimillionaire. But the reason they are not is because they're gifted and talented, but they're locked up and they're bound. But I decree and declare that something is shifting, something is changing, something is happening. And if you believe that, Shala Bishop is for me. So Elijah has a process. We're in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 1. I got to quit. I got to quit. Y'all here with me? 1 Kings chapter 19, verse, verse number 1. Let me bring out old school. 1 Kings chapter, old school is my actual. See, look, I got, I got all my highlighting and all my writing. And the different highlight mean different things. See, the blue means keep on saying it until they say, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> now. Elijah, in, in, in verse uh, 19.1, Elijah has just dealt with Jezebel. And I preached on this before. I don't have time to deal with that. Jezebel was a spirit that set herself up to oppose the men of God. Jezebel is not just a female. She is a spirit. She's a spirit that opposes the progress of Elijah. You still here? Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. 
And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Watch what Elijah does. Look at me. Elijah says, he sees Elisha. He says, you're doing good at something. You're not just sitting back waiting on something to happen. You're already doing something. I'm, finna come, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. When Jesus gets his guys, they were already doing something. They had fishing businesses. They were tax collectors. They weren't just sitting back, sitting at home, waiting on the Lord to do something. They were out there doing something. So God says, watch this. I'm getting ready to make you into a son. But to make you into a son, I'm going to interrupt what you're doing, interrupt your plan, interrupt your agenda, because you and I are about to change the world. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, God's about to interrupt your plan. Watch, watch, watch. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Verse 20. And he left the oxen. And he, watch this, and he what? Left the oxen. Here's the message. Somebody's busy. What's point number one? Right here. Your neighbor's problem. Hear me, YouTube Live. Hear me, Apple TV. Your neighbor's problem, stay with me. Your neighbor's problem is that they don't want to leave nothing. You want to reach and hold. So that's why you're bound. You're trying to hold on to those old friends while still stepping into sonship. You're trying to hold on to who you used to be and pursue who God has ordained you to be. And God says, that ain't how this works. That's why you're bound. Well, watch this verse. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, what did he do to the oxen? Left them. He's on the 23rd and 24th. Who's watching the ox? Nobody, because he says, I better not miss this moment. Watch what he says. Let me show you who he's bound to. What shaped him. Let me go back to my mama. Let me go back to my daddy. And then I'll follow you. Notice his negotiation with God. Same thing you've been doing all year. God, I'm going to the bar one more time. God, I'm going to go with old girl one more time. I'm going to call. Don't look at me with that tone of face. I'm going to go back to old dude one more time. I'm going to go back to that concert. I know I ain't got no business there. I don't even look right. The rest of them doing all kind of dances. And I'm sitting here doing church side to side. I don't, it don't even look right. Let me have one more black in mind. Don't look at me with that tone of face. I'm not judging you. I'm just coming down the road. Let me have one more. I just need something to take the edge off. Y'all not talking to me. I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to get you free. He says, let me go back to what shaped me. And then I'll follow you. And watch what Elijah says to him. This is in North Africa. So I know the king changed some stuff here. I know he did. I know he did. Because, because then Elijah's response is, go back again? I know there were some words in front of that. Because Elijah was, he was just, you think bold? Elijah was bold. Elijah was just walking and said, you know, I don't really like you, die. Okay? Have a good day. <laughs> Keep God first. Be encouraged. It, 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 Obadiah, who was Ahab, Jezebel's husband, uh, uh, he's like, Jezebel ain't going to let you in here. He said, look, as long as I'm alive and as long as I'm at the telling you, 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 you understand the words coming out of my mouth? I'm going to see the king and you're going to go get him. But what the problem is? This is how Elijah was. You hear? Turks, stay with me. But let me kiss my father and mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back. Watch, watch this word. Again? He said, we've had this talk before. And evidently, you ain't lost enough to have gotten it yet. We're really having this discussion again? Which tells us this was Elijah's second time coming Elisha's way. And the first time, Elijah was so bound, he could not see what had been placed in his lap. 
You tell my Lord, I just want to grow, and God sets you here. Lord, I just want to be everything you want me to be, and He sets you here. Not up under some regular pastor. Nothing against regular pastors. Not, and I'm not building. I'm not. Don't take that pretentiously. I don't need to build me up. He builds me up. I don't need to do that. Don't take it the wrong way. But you need to know who you are, so they don't sell you short on the open market. Just need to know who you are. If you gold, you need to know you gold, so they don't mark you on the market as silver, because silver has a different price than gold. If you Bitcoin, you need to let them know you Bitcoin so they ain't selling you like your erythrium. One is worth 20 grand, the other is worth a couple hundred. I'm like, what is he talking about? Don't worry about it. And he said to him, go back again. What did I do to you? He said, let me tell you your problem, Elisha. You project everything every leader has ever done to you wrong on me. You project what your daddy did on me. You project what your mom and them did on me. He says, so now you can't even receive from me because you're projecting their junk on me. Look what he says. What did I do to you? Why you got a problem with me, Elijah? Why you got an issue with me? Look at verse 21. So Elisha did what? Turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen. And slaughtered them. Look at me. Look at me. He didn't answer him. He showed him. In, in other words, here's what, here's what Elijah, here's what, here's what Elisha did. And I got to quit. I'm out of time. Here's what Elisha did. Elisha said, last time I did a bunch of talking. He said, all 2017, I've been talking. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Whoop-de-woo, this and that. He said, but I got it. It took me down to verse number 21. What's tomorrow? It took me to the 21st to get it. But I finally got it. He said, I'm not just going to talk the talk. I'm going to walk the walk. And as I'm walking this walk, what I'm going to do, look what he does. He says, he takes a yoke of oxen. How many is a yoke? Two. And slaughters them, boils their flesh using the ox's equipment, gives it to the people and they ate. What people? I thought it was just these two. The text leaves out some things. Context clues. Context clues are, it wasn't that Elijah thought that it was going to be a bunch of time he was going to spend speaking to the others, his mother and father. It's that he knew he was going to be bound by what shaped him. Because let me tell you how that conversation was going to go. Elisha was going to walk in there, and I got to quit. I'm out of time. Jesus, God, dog on it. I'll finish it Wednesday. <laughs> I'm coming. When they won't go in there to their mama, look, mama, I'm, I'm, uh, look, I'm going to just pursue the things of God. Um, what about the ox business, son? I got one shot. This is that man's second time walking past me. And I can stay here and be like you and daddy and do ox? Or I can pick up that man's mantle and go be another version of me I never knew was possible. Well, son, are you sure you want to do that? Don't leave your mama, baby. Just stay with us another year, baby. Just me and your daddy just. So Elijah said, if you go talk to them, I'm done. Now, you look at a leader like that to say, and today and say, that's unreasonable, but not to God. If you're going to be everything God's ordained for you to be, is anybody you determined to be that? You're going to have to learn how to deal with the pain of decisions. You're going to have to deal with the pain of letting go so you can pursue. With the pain of dropping who you were so you can pick up who God's ordained for you to be. Somebody holler, I can deal with the pain. So what begins to happen? He's unbound. Put up verse 22. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Verse 22. Come on, 22. Shamon, 22. 22, you better come up on this here screen. 1 Kings 19, 22. 22. Give me, 20, give me the end of 21. Give me the end of 21. Come on. Jesus the Christ. I'm going to tell you what it says. Verse 21. End of 21. Thank you. There it is. <clears throat> I was testing him. Using the oxygen equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Read the, read the bottom part with me, Wednesday. 
He gets up. He just says, I'm going to just show you because I've been talking and my talking ain't doing nothing. Let me just show you. They have a going away party. That's who they made the food for. Because he said, I can't go back to what shaped me because they're going to keep me bound. I can't go back to the friends I used to hang out with. They're going to say, you crazy. I can't go back out uh, to the people I used to run with because they're going to say stupid stuff to me. That's going to make me doubt what I'm doing. I can't go. I can't do that. But what he does is he gets the other sons of the prophets around him and says, let's have a party. And the party is you're getting ready to be unbound, Elisha. The man you were, that's the last day you're going to be that man. The woman you were, that's the last day you're going to be that woman. Because from this day forward, you're getting ready to move into the evolution of you. Somebody holler, it is evolution time. Second Kings chapter 2, he starts as his servant. How many versions of people come to church? Levels of maturity? Four. How many? What's level one? Multitude. Level two? Sheep. Level three? Servants. What is he at right there? What level is that? Three. Watch 2 Kings 2 and give me down about verse number 10. Watch this. Uh, go to verse 11. Uh, next verse. Good. Right there. I got to just move fast to get you the message. What was he in 1 Kings 19? Level three. What is he? Servant. He goes with Elijah. Come here. You come here and you come here. You come here and you come here. Got it? So, so Elijah's like, let's go, fellas. Let's do some kingdom work. Now, they made up. Y'all stumble. Make some mistakes. Stumble. Elijah's like, get your Now, y'all try to pull away and go the other way. Look, cuz. Look, 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 look. Let's go. Okay, act like you're tired. Act like you're tired. Act like you're tired. Get up and act like a man. We got a world to change. And Elijah pulls him on this process. And look at verse, I feel the preach right through verse 12. And Elijah saw it and he cried out. What does he say? My father, my father. What did he mature into? A son. What level is he? Four. What happened? He got unbound. You missed it. 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 This is Craig and Day Day. Come here. Man, what you trying to do? Just go with it. Now you trying to move. So Elijah's over here. Watch this. So I'm talking to you. All right, put him down. I'm telling you. Now listen, son. What we're going to do is this, this, and this, this, and this, and this, and this. Watch distractions. So now he takes his eyes off of. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. All right, listen, son. What we're going to do, listen, we're getting ready to do this. And we're getting ready to move forward. You're doing real good. You're making some real good progress. You're on time now. You ain't sloppy like you used to be. You're doing So he stays bound because of who he believes. He stays bound because of who he has conversations with. He stays bound because he's talking to people that aren't like him. Notice Elisha was by himself, which meant there was nobody else around him. He had to do this by himself. Gracias. Tacos. Watch. Some of you are like, I don't know why I don't act, stop acting like this. It's because you come here, then you go back out there to talk to them. You get a word in here that sets you free, that looses you, that gives you encouragement, that gives you strength, that gives you focus, that gives you fortitude. And then what shapes you binds you again. But tonight, I just stopped by to prophesy into your life. That 2017 was the last year that you will ever, 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 ever be bound again in your life. If you believe that, give them a Shabbat in this house. Say, I'm unbound. 
say, now I'm unbound. Say it again, now I'm unbound. Say it again, now I'm unbound. I'm out of time. Father. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.